When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it. Money Pit is presented by Omaha Steaks, DAP Amp Sealants, RoofMax, and the Angie App. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And welcome to episode 2317. If you're keeping track, that's a lot of shows. 2317 <laughs> times we have welcomed you to this program and invited you to ask us your home improvement questions because that's what we do. We love doing it. We love doing projects ourselves. We love helping others do projects. So if you've got a project in mind, you're in the right place, and all you got to do is participate by reaching out to us with those questions. Two ways to do that. You can pick up the phone and call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974. Or better yet, for the fastest possible response, go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button. Coming up on today's show, summer is a season when roofs can get really dried out and crack. And when that happens, leaks will not be far behind. That's why now is a really good time to do a roof inspection. We'll tell you what that needs to include just ahead. And also ahead, when you decide to bring home a family pet, there's definitely a lot of changes. Your home decor, however, shouldn't be one of them. If you're pondering any decorating or improvement projects, we're going to have some tips to help make them more pet friendly. And if you've ever walked the aisles of a home center looking for just the right type of caulk for a project, you know that the choices can be dizzying. We're going to share a new hybrid product that simplifies that process, and it goes on easy, and it lasts and lasts and lasts. But first, do you have some home improvement questions, and maybe you just forgot who to ask, and you know, you're listening to us right now, and you're thinking, gosh, I should ask these people. Yes, you should ask us. We can help you save money, time. You can avoid all those home improvement hassles that can slow you down on that road to your dream house. I know you're thinking about all these wonderful projects, so let us give you a hand to get them done. That number again is 1-888-MONEY, but go to moneypit.com slash ask. Let's get to it. Janet in Arizona needs some help gardening. What can we do for you? I live in Sedona, Arizona, which is, and I live kind of up in a canyon area headed up towards Flagstaff here, and I have a really hard time getting any plants to grow around the very shady sides of my house in kind of border boxes and things like that. And I've tried a few different, you know, a few different things and just with no, not much luck. So I'm just wondering if you guys have any suggestions. What have you tried? I've tried um, kind of like coleuses, pansies. Um, right now I do actually have um, something called a stilby that's kind of mm-hmm. working there. Have you tried um, hostas? Hostas? I don't think I've tried hostas. What about a copper plant? Have you ever seen a copper plant? They're very beautiful. They're like sort of a greenish red, orange kind of a plant with big leaves. Oh, nice. No, I haven't heard of that one. Mm-hmm. I can look for that. Yeah. 
that would be great. You said you tried. What about begonias? That's a good shade um, flower. I think I've tried those in my hanging baskets, and mm-hmm. they don't do well either. Yeah. Well, yeah. some of this is going to be trial and error. You know, I know that Home Depot has a new garden club that they're doing now um, out of the local stores, and they've got some real experts that are associated with that. So that yeah. might be a good place, or just, you know, go to a local nursery and see what they recommend. Yeah. Okay. But those are the we'll typical do. shade plants that we would put in desert locations. I mean, I yeah. use pasta all across the country whenever there's shade, and they come back, they're very hardy. It's a perennial, so it'll come back season yeah. after season if you're able to. Um, okay. And they really, you know, they thrive in the shade. And there's a ton of different varieties of hosta. So you can find them uh-huh. in, you know, sort of variegated from like a yellow and green, a green and white, you know, different tones right. on the greens. So there's right. probably one that you like. And occasionally, the ones that I have in like my super shady areas almost never flower. The ones that get like partial mm-hmm. shade will get sort of like a long, wispy one stem with like a couple of like purple flowers right. on it. Right, um, but check right. them out because you really can't kill yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a great suggestion. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Brian in Massachusetts, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Hi, I have um, some uh, honey oak uh, kitchen cabinets that I'm interested in uh, painting white. And I was wondering if there's uh, any certain sort of preparation that I need to do. And is there uh, some sort of primer coat that will kind of fill in the grain? Because the oak tends to be a little grainy. Now, I I have oak cabinets, and I was looking into having them painted. And you definitely do want to fill that grain because it will stick out through the paint. And as far as what's going to go on there that's going to stick and stay and give you a smooth surface and not be affected by moisture, humidity, all the things that go on in the kitchen, that's a tricky situation. But first, let's talk about... What's currently on your cabinets now? They're stained? Uh, nope, it's just urethane. Just urethane. Um, and it feels like it's pretty solid of a coating on there? Yep. Yeah, you're going to want to strip that off. Otherwise, anything that you put on there isn't going to adhere. So what I would start with is either using a chemical stripper or depending on the quantity of the urethane, you can try to sand it a little bit. But I would try to get as much of it off as I can with a stripping agent. Strip everything down. Then once you've gotten there, you can go ahead and, you know, sand it just to keep everything looking nice and smooth. Use a tack cloth to wipe away any of that sort of residue that's still on there. Make sure you've got a nice, clean surface. And then I think Tom can better speak to what you could put on top that would fill in that grain and stick. Once you have it sanded down, I would recommend that you prime it. I would use an oil-based primer for a couple of reasons. It tends to flow nicely. And... That's going to fill in some of those, some of the grain that you don't want to see. Uh, and it's also right. really durable, and it's really sticky. So it's going to really adhere to that old cabinet and give you the perfect surface for the top coat of paint. So I would definitely put an oil-based primer on it or solvent-based primer. And then you're going to need a couple of coats of finished paint over that. And again, I tend to stick with the solvents for cabinets because I just think they have more abrasion resistance with those doors slamming. You know, uh, and you're going to get a lot of rubbing of the doors against the styles. And I'm afraid that if you don't use something that's tough, it's going to chip off. So you recommend the oil-based primer and um, oil? Yep, I would. I mean, for something like that, I would definitely. Okay. And there's not any any particular product or um, oil-based primer that would have, like I know I do some work on cars, and they have uh, a spray primer that actually will fill 
uh, like small imperfections. Is there anything like that that might be available for? Uh, not not specifically for for cabinetry, but I just think if you use a good quality primer, you're going to come as close to it as you possibly can. Remember, you can take those doors off, take the drawers out, try to make this as easy on yourself as possible. And you mentioned spraying. You know, if you have access to that kind of equipment, you can spray the doors and the drawers, and they'll look even nicer. Oh, I was uh, I was talking about a spray can. For the smaller prices. Oh, no. <laughs> that would be a lot of spray cans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it would. Well, thank you so much for your help. I appreciate your uh, input, and uh, keep up the good work. All right. Well, thank you. Good luck with that project, and let us know how it comes out. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than a 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. You know, we love hearing from our listeners. And if you want to make our day, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You know, it really helps us know what we're doing right and how we can improve our show for you. So just go to MoneyPit.com slash review moneypit.com slash review, and you might even win a copy of our book. Hey, everybody. You know, Father's Day is coming up, and if the dad in your life loves steak, well, there's a great deal happening right now at omahasteaks.com. You can score $30 off your qualifying order if you use the promo code MONEYPIT. That's right. So pick that up, a pack of those tasty bacon-wrapped filet mignons or any of their other gourmet grillables, and get $30 off your order at omahasteaks.com with the promo code MONEYPIT. You will totally make Dad's day. Now we've got Anna in South Dakota on the line with a question about ants. What is going on? Took down a huge, huge tree, and the contractor that took it down said, good thing you took it down because in two years it probably would have fell. Okay. Because it's all hollow, and he said it had a huge carpenter ant nest in it. Yep. So my house is 10 feet away. Do I need to worry about that? No. Carpenter ants are Mother Nature's way of getting rid of dead wood. Sure, they could infest your house, but they're not necessarily going to be motivated to go there over anything else that's lying about. Um, you'll find ant nests like that, you know, once in a while, and they'll usually just go down on the ground. They'll go off to another location, but they're not like, hey, let's go over to Anna's house because I think <laughs> I heard it's tasty. No, they're, they're, they're not necessarily going to go in your house. I mean, that's sad. You know, you ought to keep your eye out for all sorts of pests, carpenter ants and termites in particular, but um, you're not at, at any increased risk of, of, uh, of finding ants. I'll tell you, I'll t- I had a surprise myself with ants a, a couple of weeks back. I have a bay window. It's filled with plants. And I was doing some cleaning, and I had noticed we were getting some persistent ants in this area. And I figured they were coming in from the outside, you know, being the knowledgeable home improvement expert that I am. Well, 
Imagine my surprise when I lifted up a big clay pot that had a, had a flowering uh, plant in it and found that the, the ant infestation was, in fact, in the plant. So we were, we were helping this ant infestation uh, survive by dutifully watering our plant. And once I got the plant outside, uh, those ants had to find a new place to live. We haven't seen a single one since. So, you know, they're not necessarily looking to go to your house. I think that you're going to be fine. Okay. That was my only concern. The house is, you know, from, was built in 1908, and it's like, it's, you know. Yep. Man, it's going to be fine for another 100 years. You don't worry about that, okay? Okay, thank you. <laughs> Good luck. We've got David on the line who needs some help installing a railing. What can we do for you? I live in the northeast in the Boston area, and we have cold, harsh winters. I'm having a rail put in, a, 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 a Rod Island, Rod Iron Rail put in the front of my house on the walkway coming up. Okay. And the uh, contractor uh, has a place that on one one leg of it is on a slab, which is about a concrete slab, which is part of the walk up, which is about uh, three inches, two inches, two to three inches uh, thickness. But in the other part where I want him to put the other leg. Doesn't have any, so I have to. I agreed to put it in so that by the time he comes here with the completed uh, rod iron, it'll have a place to go. My question is, how thick do I need to put that? Um, the the walkway around it's only uh, two to three inches. I've heard that you're supposed to go below the um, frost line, but this is only a, a yeah, rail. but that's. Yeah, this is for a railing. We're not talking about supporting a lot of weight here. You just don't want the thing to move. So it's going to be kind of freestanding. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I'll tell you how I would do this. Um, I would not put it in in advance of the railing installation because otherwise he's going to have to drill into it, right? To right. set the, set the right. post? Or is he going to mechanically bolt it to this? He's going to have to drill into the finished concrete and secure it that way. Yeah. Well, what if you did this? What if he put the railing together and now it's just sort of hanging there in, in the dirt, right, so to speak? And right. you carved out a hole around it. And then what I would do is I would, once it's 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 going to be weak because it's not tied in, but it's in the right position, so it's level and all of that. Then you carve out this hole around it and just fill it up with cement. You know, pick up some quickcrete cement, uh, the fast-setting cement. It, it sets in about 20, 30 minutes. So you dig out the hole, you add the cement after you mix it right around it, and then within an hour, the thing will be rock hard and holding that railing like it's, uh, it's going to go nowhere. Fantastic. Now, how deep should I go down? Um, well, since it's a railing... And if you could get that railing, say, 12 inches into that cement, I, and then you made that cement block, like, you know, like, say, 12 by 12 or 12 by 12 by 18, you know, that's really all you need. It's not going anywhere. Okay, great. You just kind of that's... cut it, let it run long, and then you can you can basically put the footing up. That's the last thing you do. And this way you won't have to drill into it because that's got to be a really tough job to drill down into solid concrete. Right, right. So, I mean, talk to him about it. Ask him if you can put it up without the footing. In, the, in place and let it run long, let it, let it run in the soil to sit there, and then as soon as he's done, you'll carefully dig out around it and pour cement to hold it in place. Okay, that's great. Okay. All right, thank you very much. All right, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, summer's a season when roofs can get really dried out, and if they form cracks, 
The leaks, well, they're not going to be far behind. That's why now is really the perfect time for a roof inspection. We're going to share how to do just that in today's roof review tip presented by RoofMax. Yeah, you know, the average roof leak takes up to two years to show up inside the home as a stain. So using a pro to inspect your roof once a year really is the best way that you can spot those problems early. However, there are plenty of things that you can be doing yourself to identify signs of potential leaks. Now, you want to start inside by checking the ceilings on the upper floors for any stains or other signs of leaks. Pay very special attention to the ceilings above bathrooms and kitchens. Plumbing vents pass through the roof right above these rooms, and they can often break down, causing leaks. Also, you want to check for leaks above fireplaces, another spot where loose flashing can allow rain to seep in. Yeah, now next, you want to head outside and examine the roof, but from the ground. So use binoculars. If you've got a good camera with a zoom lens, these are great ways to keep your feet firmly planted on the ground while looking at the roof. You want to be looking for things like loose or missing shingles, as well as loose flashing around the chimney, the pipes, anything where the walls and the roofs come together. Now, if you spot any problem areas, it's a lot easier to get minor problems fixed now before they become those major leaks later. And that's today's roof review tip presented by RoofMax. A RoofMax treatment restores flexibility and waterproofing protection of aging asphalt shingle roofs, extending life by as much as 15 years. RoofMax treatments come with a five-year flexibility guarantee, and they're purchased through a nationwide network of factory-trained and certified dealers who also apply the treatment. And right now, RoofMax is offering a free roof inspection for a limited time. It's $129 value. Learn more at RoofMax.com. That's Roof, M-A-X-X.com. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Alice in Maryland's on the line with an electrical question. What's going on at your money pit? We are trying to determine whether it would be worthwhile to replace our service. Our house was built in 1976. We currently have 150 amp service underground. An electrician recommended that we upgrade to 200 amp service, and it's pretty big expense. So we're wondering if that's worthwhile. Are you doing any sort of renovation that requires more power? Are you adding in central air, upgrading appliances? Is there a change happening that requires the power? We've done a lot of upgrading here in the past, and this is just something that recently was um, recommended to us when we had just a ceiling fan installed by the electrician. I have to say, Alice, that I think what your electrician is recommending you do is is fund perhaps his next vacation or college tuition payment, because <laughs> I don't think... Um, going from 150 to 200 makes much difference. You have a, is this a gas-fired uh, house? You have natural gas? We have no gas in the area. So this is all electric? Yes. How are you heating your house? Is it a heat pump? We have a heat pump, yes. And you have one zone or two? How many heat pumps do you have? One zone. i got to tell you, I mean, I think you probably have enough. Unless you can prove like to, to me that he's... Yeah, unless you can prove to me that that you're really using more than 150 amps, I seriously doubt you need 200. That's a lot of power, even for an all-electric house. Interesting. I mean, we had to upgrade to a 200 amperage service because we put in central air conditioning. And we were only on 100. And that was that. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean... And even 100, I mean, I've, I was an inspector for 20 years. I used to put a tool called an amp probe on those main cables uh, when everything was running in the house. I mean, we're talking about electric ovens, refrigerators, freezers, air conditioners. And, you know, it would be like a 150-amp service pulling like, you know, 50, 60 amps with everything on. So, you know, you, you, you'd be surprised how much you can pull through that. Okay. I think you ought to get a second opinion. We were skeptical, so thought it was... Didn't feel a, right. Definitely wanted to check into it before making that yeah. major expense. Yep, it's, yep, exactly. Well, thanks for calling, and I'm glad we helped you out. Thank you. You're a great resource. I really appreciate it. Well, if you're a pet lover and you're considering a new decor or even a remodeling project, you probably already know that all home improvements don't necessarily fit well with pets. I mean, a Persian rug might look nice in your home, but it's probably not the best choice if you've got pets where durability is going to be a factor. Yeah, I mean, if you've got pets, easy cleanup floors like a laminate, an engineered hardwood, an engineered vinyl plank, one of the new hybrid stone floors, those are all good choices since these hard surface products are a lot easier to keep clean and stain-free than a rug or a carpet, for sure. Now, another great benefit to that is that the hard flooring options are going to be much more comfortable for your cat or dog during the hot summer months, especially if they have a lot of hair or fur. And you can definitely get pet-friendly flooring that's going to make your house look amazing, but it's going to stand up to what the animals can dish out. Yeah, speaking of comfort, (laughs) the hard surface floors give the dogs more exercise. We're taking care of our son's dog now, and he's such a cutie. But whenever he runs from, like, uh, you can go, like, from the kitchen into the living room in our house, and they're all, like, hardwood floors, 
he goes about half the speed of his legs, right? So his legs are always slipping and moving him about half the space that they should because they just slip <laughs> under him. It's the funniest thing. I hate to laugh at it, but he doesn't get any traction whatsoever. Too. <laughs> it's funny. It's like their little legs are going and then their body goes. <laughs> the legs go and the body follows. Hey, for more tips, check out pet-friendly design and decorating tips for your home on moneypit.com. Lori in Ohio's on the line and needs some help in the yard. What's going on at your money pit? Hi, this is Lori, and I actually have my grandson, Garrett, with me. <laughs> and oh, hi, Garrett. Well, Garrett, welcome to the money pit. <laughs> Say hi to him. Hi. Oh, hi, sweetie. <laughs> um, I actually have two grandsons. He's almost seven and one who's almost two, and we're excited for summer and want to do a lot of things outside. We want to do a sandbox sort of thing to play in, but... We're kind of leery about using sand because we've heard about, you know, a lot of spiders, bugs, cats getting into it. And I just wonder if there's any kind of alternative out there that you know of that we could use instead of sand. I mean, what's a sandbox without sand? (laughs) (laughs) And the kids do love it so very much. That's true. Well, listen, I mean, we we had sandboxes when our kids were small, and we never had concerns about that. Now, I did have one that had had a cover that went over it, so that kept the, uh, the cats out and that kind of thing. But I can't recall that we yeah. ever had any issues with uh, with insects or anything like that. I mean, the worst thing was if you forgot to put the cover on, you got a rainstorm and it flooded, and that would take a lot to get it dried out again. But I, I don't know that it's ever been really an issue. Maybe things are different down in Ohio, but I've never had an issue with it. Leslie, what about you? I will say that when, when the kids were little, especially Charlie, when he was at his you know pre-K, so he's three, four... They had a sandbox and my kid and like one other kid were always the only kids in the sandbox. And I always felt the judging looks from the other parents like mm, they're in the sandbox. That's disgusting. <laughs> it's like what? They love it. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe I'm missing something on why people are so grossed yeah. out by them. That's what I'm getting. Like, um, I mean, uh, you know, when my two sons were smaller, yeah, that was okay, and no one thought anything twice about it. But now that I'm a grandma and there's this new generation. Oh, get ready to be judged, Grandma. You're welcome to the judge generation. <laughs> Look online, and, you know, there's different stuff, but nothing that I just don't know about it. You know, I would trust your decades of experience as a grandma, your decades of life experience you went through to get there, rather than any of this newfound advice from these new experts also known as millennials. Uh, listen, the judgy looks only last so long. Plus, you can turn around. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, well, I just I just come up on your program one evening as I was driving to my grandson's karate class, and I thought, you know, this is the perfect. It was going through my mind, and I thought, I'm just going to call in. So well, I uh, appreciate your opinion, and I thanks for listening to me and giving me uh, advice to stick to the old saying. Well, we think Garrett has an awesome grandma making sandboxes and taking the kids to karate. Very cool. He's a lucky boy. Well, thanks so much for calling us. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dennis in Michigan's on the line with a roofing issue or something along those lines. What's going on? Well, a while ago, I dropped a container of roofing cement off a shelf in my garage. Oh, okay. It was a powder form, and apparently it got a little wet at one point. Okay. And it then dried onto the floor. Now, the floor is a concrete cement floor, which I had stained years ago and put a cement stain on it to protect it. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what is going to be the best 
way to get that off. Am I going to have to use some muriatic acid to loosen it up and then scrape it off? Or So I guess it's all dried and crusty now? Yeah, it's kind of dry and crusty, powdery-like, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, the first thing you should do is to try to physically scrape off as much as you can. I don't think you're going to be able to save that stained finish underneath. You're going to end up having to stain it when you're all done. But you need to physically get off as much as you can. The fact that like it's so... Like with a putty knife or... Right, exactly. Yep. Um, the fact that it's so old is going to make it, you know, very, very difficult. You may be able to use a solvent after you get as much of it physically off as you can like mineral spirits, for example, and you could okay. you could also work it in with a wire brush so that you're really getting into the concrete and see if that starts to break it down. Uh, mineral spirits or would something like an acetone work? Acetone would work as well. I know that the uh, the roofers of the world would tell you to put gasoline on it, and it probably would work, yeah. but it's dangerous, so we don't want you to do that. But I think, um, you know, mineral spirits and acetone is flammable enough as it is. Uh, if okay. you apply it and brush it in carefully with a wire brush so it gets into that material that's into the pores of the concrete, then you may have a shot at, uh, at getting it up. Now, and then just uh, re-cement stain over those areas. Well, see, that's the other thing. Once that's all in there and it's filled up all the pores of the concrete surface, even if you cement stain over it, you may find that it's still a different color. You may actually have to do like an epoxy finish on that floor oh, okay. all done so yeah. that it covers it. Yeah. I mean, you can try the stain, especially if you got a little bit left, but yeah, I'm not confident it's going to look uh, great. Well, if you've ever walked the aisle of a home center and you're looking for that right type of caulk for your project, you know that there's a lot of choices out there and it can get confusing. Well, according to the experts at DAP, the basic function of caulk is to seal cracks, gaps, and joints to keep out air, water, and moisture, and dirt. Well, that's right, but there are several factors you need to consider when deciding which type of caulk or sealant to use. For example, where are you going to use it? Is it the bathroom? Is it going to be around molding? Is it going to be around your outside windows? And how about this? Does it need to be paintable? Does it need to resist mold and mildew? Do you want a water cleanup product? Or are you okay with the more difficult to handle but sometimes longer-lasting solvent-based caulk? DAP now has a new line of advanced hybrid sealants under the AMP brand that outperforms silicone in a lot of areas. Now, these sealants stick to wet surfaces, they're paintable, and they have a crystal clear clarity that delivers maximum performance for every project. There's four AMP hybrid sealants to choose from. They're caulks for kitchen and bath, window, door and siding, gutter and flashing, and even a self-leveling concrete sealant that requires no additional tools. It's going to stay flexible and it won't crack, shrink, or bump. So that's huge in this sort of department here. Amp up your projects with the AMP line of advanced hybrid sealants that outperform silicone in key performance attributes such as wet surface protection, paintability, and crystal clear clarity. Learn more at DAP.com. Mary in Alaska is on the line and needs some help with a water supply. What's going on, Mary? I have hot water heaters downstairs, and um, I'm considering going to a tankless. What kind of fuel do you have in your house, Mary? Is it gas or electric? Electric. Okay. So you can't really go with an electric tankless water heater because the tankless water heater technology is really designed for gas water heaters. What you can do is switch to something called a heat pump water heater. Now, a heat pump is a high-efficiency electric water heater, so it will save you some money. It's also typically... 
uh, will qualify for various different types of energy rebates, but it's going to be more expensive than your traditional just tank electric heater because with a with electric water heater, you know, it, it's running 24-7. It's pretty expensive. With a heat pump, it basically is kind of uses the refrigeration concept that you, you use with heat pump air conditioners to try to provide some of the warmth of the hot water. So it is less expensive to operate. So I think it really comes down to, you know, how much you want to spend for the unit, how long you're going to be in your house, because it's not like you pack the thing up when you leave, you know what I mean? Um, and if you want to keep the electric water heater, you can do so. What I would suggest you do is add a timer to it. There's a device, not too expensive. It's a, it's a heavy duty timer designed for a 240 volt appliance. And you basically would set the water heater to come on, you know, like maybe at around dinner time, stay on through evening showers and bathing and then come on again in the morning for morning showers and then go off again. The water will still remain warm throughout the day. But instead of it running 24-7, maybe you only have it run 8 or 10 hours, and that will save you some money, too. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. I was just trying to get rid of the tanks of water. I always <laughs> I hear you. I had one bust only one time and yeah. flood my basement, and uh, I don't want that to ever happen again. And I was really hoping I could get rid of all that water sitting down there in one place. Well, I'll tell you what, chances are that if you have experienced a, a busted water tank that flooded, it's never going to happen again because it's just not that common. And I can't, you would have the most awful luck in the world for it to have happened to you twice. <laughs> okay. If you have Wi Fi in your house, there's lots of smart home products that are out there, including some that are leak detectors that basically get mounted on the basement floor. And if you ever get a flood mm-hmm. again, it'll at least alert you. And maybe you can send some, send a neighbor over or somebody to check the house. Yeah. Yeah. I know they have shut off valves and all that kind of stuff now, too. But I just wanted to get rid of all of it. <laughs> well, but no, no electric. Uh, tankless yet. No, huh? not, no, they have them, but they're really expensive. They don't give you any energy savings. Do you have propane to, that you use for anything? No, no. Yeah. We, we heat with uh, fuel oil. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that the best thing for you to do is to either put a timer on your standard water heater or get a heat pump water heater. Either way, uh, I think that's probably the best option. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Mary. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Bye bye. Well, hey, guys, Father's Day is coming up, and if your dad enjoys steak, there's a great deal happening right now on omahasteaks.com. You can score 30 bucks off your qualifying order by using the promo code MONEYPIT. That's right. So pick Dad up a pack of those tasty bacon-wrapped filet mignons or any of their gourmet grillables and get $30 off your order at omahasteaks.com with the promo code MONEYPIT. So Leslie, Ed in New Jersey has an interesting question. He says, I'm installing a new exterior door and wondered if I still need to install a storm door, too. That's a great question because most people put storm doors up because they think they have to put storm doors up. But I don't think storm doors are necessary for efficiency anymore because the doors are actually built so much different than when we had just basic wood doors that were uninsulated, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a preference thing these days. Well, right, but it's not a preference because we need the extra efficiency. I mean, like we have a storm door on a really good rear door of our house, but we do it because we love having a full pane of glass. We can leave the inside door open and get a lot of lights. And we also enjoy it because in the summer, we can use that same door for a screen door. What you really want to have is a screen door. You don't necessarily need a storm door. And guess what? If you put a storm door in uh, and you get direct sun, that can actually melt the trim on your exterior door. So keep that in mind. Storm doors these days 
only if necessary, and generally they're not. Yeah, they're not. And it's always funny, though. I feel like if you don't have the storm door, delivery people kind of are more aggressive at the door. So it's like, think about it either way. You want a little more privacy? You want the light? Well, then there's Good that. for you. <laughs> well, believe it or not, it might be time to dust off that pink flamingo. Things are looking a lot more fun in yards and gardens these days. Leslie's got the surprise new trend in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie, what do you got? Yeah, I love it. People are having fun in their yards again. They're doing great projects, ones that are good with the kids, good for just you if you're kind of young at heart and have a great imagination. Well, fairy gardens are big for this summer. They're whimsical. They're enchanting. They can be delightful. They can add fun and sparkle wherever you find them. And you can create your very own enchanted garden. It's an easy DIY project that's perfect for the whole family. Now, every enchanted garden is going to be a little different, and that's where the fun really begins. So here's a couple of ideas to kind of just get you started. Because once you start thinking about this and looking up some images online, you can go in just a million directions. And it depends on what you have and how adventurous you want to get. So first of all, before you start putting anything in place, you kind of need to choose a theme. The container, the location. It could be in a flower pot. It could be under a tree. Or it could be in a little special area in your flower bed. Next, kind of sketch out a design that you think you're going to like. You can change things as you go, but a good design is really going to help you visualize what you want and then kind of keep your plans on track. At least you kind of know where you're going with it rather than just going from, oh, this looks fun, where can I put it? Now, next, consider soil, plants, drainage, all of that. If you're starting with fresh soil, you want to make sure it's a good garden mix that's going to drain well. And before you add that soil, place a few pebbles in the bottom of the container that can help improve the drainage. A lot of plants are going to work well in an enchanted garden, but some that are kind of really well suited to this whimsy and magical feeling are ferns, succulents, primroses, and I love a good twisty bonsai tree to kind of set that magical feel for the space. And last, think about all those accessories that really will make your fairy garden just feel magic. Think about glow-in-the-dark figures, tiny LED lights just to add a little bit of sparkle at night because that's when the fairies come out. And we want to make sure they can see where they're going and make it look really special for them. You know, you got to attract them, Tom. The fairies have got to know where they're going. Absolutely. Hey, coming up next time on the program, you know, a stepping stone path can be a beautiful addition to your yard or your garden. But while it might seem like you just plop down a few stones and call it a day, it's really a project that requires just as much care and work as installing a bigger patio. We're going to share how to create a stepping stone path that will last a lifetime on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Live in a body pit.